0: It's Friday, August 16th, 2013. Welcome to episode 17 of insert content here.
1: Insert content here. Words intentionally unclear. Rap papadidoo dodo.
0: Insert content here. Hi. I'm Jeff Eaton, a strategist at Lullabot, and uh, your host for Insert Content Here. Every couple of weeks, we get together with uh, interesting people who are doing cool things in the world of uh, digital communications and content strategy and CMSs, and uh, we talk to them about uh, what they're learning and uh, what they're discovering, and uh, this week, we have Fred Smith. He's the uh, tech team lead uh, in the Division of Public Affairs at the Centers for Disease Control. You know, I have to admit, it wasn't an organization that I automatically associated with a lot of communication. But it sounds like you've got a lot of really cool stuff going on um, with the communications tools that your team is building. So welcome to the show, Fred. It's great to have you here.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: So before we get started, can you describe like what your role is at the CDC and what kind of issues that, that you and your team handle?
1: digital um, media branch here in CDC um we're we're responsible for uh, the homepage of cdc.gov a lot of our main social media channels and the technology team helps to work and and build enterprise level tools for um, public communic- for health communications and, and public affairs so your your earlier comment about not not associating CDC with a lot of communication that is a one of the main things the agency does. I mean, it's it's great for our scientists to come up with great recommendations and take those uh, results they get out of those test test tubes and and all the great work that they do, but that needs to be communicated out. It, just the scientist knows that you need to get a, your vaccination for, for whatever disease, uh, it, it's our job to make sure that everybody gets that, that message.
0: My understanding is that you also coordinate with with a lot of other local health organizations that sort of have to do a lot of the you know work on the ground of getting those messages out. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. We we work with a lot of state health departments, local health departments, and nonprofit organizations, other other federal agencies, other other government um, um, other governments as well to get. Um, Get this information out so that we can, uh, you know, protect the health of the of the public. So that's really probably what brings us to today's topic is is how we're using technology to expand the reach of our messages, and so that so that uh, we don't expect these these uh, useful health messages just to be confined to cdc.gov, but to go where they where people are.
0: That's a perfect segue. So, can, can you tell us a little more about the project that you guys are working on?
1: The big project that we're working on right now, my team is working on, is a project we call Content Services or Content Syndication. And essentially, what we're doing is opening up an API into our not only our web content but our multimedia content, and 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 we're soon data and data visualizations so that the information that CDC uh, develops in these, these, this health messaging and uh, the content that we have can be used in multiple projects, and multiple um, channels, and by, by our health partners. For example, during the H1N1 novel flu pandemic, our, our state health department partners were interested in our information. And they wanted to be able to provide this out to their constituents, out, out to the to the public. But not all local health departments are staff for uh, 24-7, 365 operations, the way CDC is. Some health departments would copy and paste our recommendations and, and put it on their website, and they wouldn't have the staffing resources to be able to monitor the changes and, and make those the appropriate updates to their website. Some of our other partners, however, using these APIs, using this technology, this content syndication, they were able to paste a little code on in their web pages, and when we had made the updates to the content here, it would automatically went out to their to their visitors as well they could turn their attention and resources onto other things and we could, we could maintain accurate and current information across the internet.
0: When there's an actual you know, public health crisis, keeping the website updated is probably the last thing that they're thinking about you know, in a lot of those situations, but it's actually one of the places where a lot of people are getting their, their initial information about what they should do.
1: So we know that people get their information not just at, at CDC.gov, they're going to get it from their state health department, their local health department. It's going to show up on Facebook or, you know, links to it flow out through Twitter. You know, this information is, is going to go out wide, especially during, you know, health emergencies. And it's our mission to make sure that the information that goes out is accurate and people are making health decisions based on current information.
0: Is this approach is something that um, you or, or other similar organizations have tried on a smaller scale?
1: We started. We started this project about five years ago, and it 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 started from we saw the need from from previous outbreaks and and previous uh, emergency situations, and so we started started this project on a, on a very small scale, and and we started with limited amount of content with a with a handful of uh, public health partners. That with that, we were able to you know sort of kick the tires and you know, and, and road test the the technology a little bit with uh, some multi-state outbreaks uh, of like E. coli or, or or Salmonella as we kept learning. Uh, how how this technology could be best be used, not only by the agency, but for our, our partners, we then kept being able to add on and add on more and more features and, and make the system more robust. Fortunately, we had had several months of experience with this and had, well, actually, at that point, I guess we'd had over a year's worth of experience with it, When uh, H1N1 started, because of that experience, because of the experience of working with a number of of local and state health departments, other federal agencies, when it was time to then respond to H1N1, we had the workings of a a fairly smooth system already established so that it it made not only getting our information down to the state health departments or local health departments easier and, and main current, it also helped us in, in terms of being part of the Department of Health and Human Services as we, with other federal agencies, were trying to keep flu.gov in sync, too. So you, so if you can imagine, you've got sites like flu.gov and, and cdc.gov and places at NIH and FDA, and trying to keep all of these sites in sync and up-to-date is it's quite a challenge. I mean, there, there's a lot of work to keeping this going. And so we were able to use, use syndication for that and it, it really helped uh, really helped save a lot of time and effort and focus our time and attention to something else. You know, there's always like divisional
0: and, you know, difficult challenges, you know, getting all the parts of a particular organization to sync up on a lot of these kinds of things. But, you know, actual like branches of the U.S. government feels like it's an entirely new level of that. I, I can imagine that getting everybody on the same on the same
1: page is no picnic. It has its moments of challenges. That's that's for sure. But uh, every everyone works together very well, and it, it's usually. Issues of of time, attention, and resources more than than intention. You
0: mentioned too that you, your team is actually working to provide access to more kinds of content than a lot of the other projects that I've seen along these lines. You know, multimedia, you know, assets, and and you even mentioned you know in the future data visualization uh, assets. Um, what what's spurring that?
1: There's a couple of drivers behind this. Um, there's the you know the the federal uh, open government strategies the the digital the federal digital strategy you know um, open data all of those all of those currents on on the federal level you know help lay down a nice background and and showing that um, the federal government as a whole is on board with the idea of and sharing and reusing and opening up our content our data our our multimedia and uh, it helps to then put that backdrop for the actual uh, implementation of these ideas but one of the other big drivers for us is just the implementation of the idea i mean our digital media branch we do uh, we produce a, a fair number, fair amount of uh, public information products. Uh, we, you know, we're developing like solve the outbreak iPad app or uh, or a a, main, a tablet app for Windows 8 or iPad or Android. We're looking into you know um, application for Facebook or these other social media channels. So. We are in the constant need of finding the best ways to produce and reuse code to make our content management issues um, easier. When you have to maintain content on fifteen different channels, you want to make sure that that's that's as easy as possible. So there's a very practical aspect for the need to develop up reusable APIs, and so that we can we can actually do that ourselves, so that we can deliver our our HTML content our, our textual content uh, with some podcasts with some video feeds some Twitter feeds into into an iPad app so it, it helps us to to do our day-to-day jobs better and it you know it's nice that it it lines up with the with the larger ideals of of open content
0: a lot of the attention and a lot of the buzz around that kind of multi-channel uh communications that i see right now is very focused on the idea of like content marketing you know it's to drive engagement with businesses and stuff like that and it's ultimately working people towards you know making purchases or you know, buying products or something like that. And it's very interesting to see it used in a situation where the end goal is, you know, reminding people they need to boil their water.
1: <laughs> well, in a lot of ways, we have we have the same goals. You know, there's only so much information that we can push out through a single channel. And ultimately, the roads from those channels will lead back to CDC.gov. You know, we can't necessarily incorporate it all hundred fifty thousand pages of cdc.gov on an ipad app it's just you know the IA is not going to work It's it's just not the right channel for pushing all that information so from that sense the marketing aspect of the information to drive traffic back to our own website so people find more useful health information is still sort of the same the other aspect, though, is with with it being our public health mission, and us being funded by you know us being the U.S. government, our mission is it's more important for people to get the message than the idea of where they get the message. So as long as they're getting our proper message, it doesn't matter that they're getting it on CDC.gov or my local health department.gov. It, as long as they're getting that information and, and, and we hope, acting, you know, acting appropriately on it. The other aspect and the other really exciting a- uh, part to this project is we're not doing this alone. We are working very closely with several other of the agencies under the Department of Health and Human Services. And you know those by the names of you know the Food and Drug Administration or the National Institutes of Health or Centers for Medicaid Medicare Services. So we're working with these other parts of HHS and including the Assistant Secretary for Public Affairs Office in HHS as well, so that we can build products or we can deliver information based on topic regardless of where the the information is developed or which agency is responsible for producing and maintaining that particular piece of information for the most part i would say the average person the average citizen doesn't necessarily want to sit around and think all day of what the fi- finite differences between the FDA and the CDC and the NIH is on a particular mission or, you know, why one does research and others, you know, epidemiology or this, that, and the other. What they are interested in would be finding out information on a particular topic. Aunt Sally was diagnosed with cancer, so they want to know about cancer, Regardless of whether it comes from us or NCI or wherever in the in the federal government, by us using these these APIs and developing up these APIs, and NIH using them and the Department of HHS using it, and FDA using them, we can then build a product that would deliver all that information straight you know straight to the user without trying to jump from seven or eight or you know. 12 or 1,000, whatever, different, different websites.
0: Because that's a t- topic that ends up coming up a lot in um, content-related you know, communication stuff. It's that the, the divisional boundaries between different parts of an organization are not what most users are interested in when they come in and are looking for something. They want to find information, and you know, what department was responsible for creating it is the last thing that they're interested in. One of the things that you mentioned that I thought was really interesting was um, it was simplifying the process of managing this stuff, too. And so far, like a lot of API and, you know, content reuse mechanisms focus heavily on the delivery side of things. Um, but the actual management side of things... It, that can be a, a really complicated challenge in and of itself, especially when you're dealing with things like what channels do these go to? You know, how do you create appropriate materials without necessarily knowing right away where it's going to be displayed? What, what kind of stuff have you encountered along those lines?
1: Those are those are definitely challenges, and as you can imagine, those those challenges really start to get amplified and multiplied on the level that we're talking. You know, it's it's hard enough for an organization to be looking at uh, re- releasing content and allowing content to flow to to multiple channels, and writing and maintaining that for for how do you write and maintain content for a web page and for Twitter at the same time? I mean, those are there's two completely different technical you know, delivery systems there. It it starts getting even more compounded when you take that that level and then say multiply it across several different agencies how do how we solve that problem has to say pretty pretty close in sync with how uh, another agency is solving that problem or working together so that you know if we've got something tagged and in, in the metadata or or tagged appropriately for use in in a particular channel or or it's of a particular size that it's going to more or less match what what they've got so that when we try to bring it all together it'll work and then you compound that that to another level you know, if we take this down to to some state health departments that we're beginning to work with, so that when a local health department tries to get state information and federal information, start getting into even voicing and writing styles and audience delivery and and all this. There's there's a lot of very complex questions here, and I, I certainly wish I had all the answers. One thing I do know is that we realize that we've got to, you know, put this out there and and give real world testing to it so that we can find out the answers using it and evaluating the use of that that technology to do our mission. Because our mission isn't technology. Our mission isn't playing and producing APIs. Our, our mission is public health.
0: Have you, has your team um, been like relying on you know style guides or imagining like a a bank of editors you know trying to polish everything you know
1: no we're not we're not going to that level yet um the system actually was on a on a technical level was written so that it was decoupled from any web content management system uh, matching that up with the fact that you know cdc.gov for example has several audiences we, the language for those audiences don't always match i mean we've got health uh, healthcare providers uh you've got other health uh, public health Professionals and you know the general consumer audience sometimes the language for each of those audiences don't quite jive. And I personally call it the contraindication syndrome when you 're talking to physicians, you use the word contraindication and they understand what it means, but when you're talking to the the general public you you try to say things people who have the following conditions should not use. This and should do something else, so it's all around you know these these issues of what is plain language and and, and knowing the audience that you're trying to to address. So instead of focusing on that aspect, which is a, a very difficult topic, and instead of focusing on that initially, we just sort of made the decision is we're going to take any of the content that's written for any of the audiences out there and start working the technology side, and in seeing which partners pick up which information and for what reasons. And so with the experience, we'll have, and the evidence, the the, the web metrics on it, we'll be able to then fine-tune how we should be writing for Content syndication: How we should be writing for aggregated sites. How we should be writing for multiple channels and keep that all together.
0: What, what do you think are some of the biggest? I'm not sure roadblocks, hurdles is the right word, but some of the biggest challenges that your team has been has, has been uh, working their way
1: through. As a... well, some of these we've we've discussed already. Um, you've got you know the content, the voicing, uh, metadata around the content, content chunking, audience and voice. You know which is big enough issues for a single organization to deal with. Then we compound that with, we've got to do the same thing in five or six other agencies, and they've got to start addressing these as well. We've got to try to coordinate, if not the answers, at least architect things to where we say we agree to disagree, for example. For you know a lot of technology projects that touch on content, often get tripped up when you start talking about taxonomies. Getting everyone to agree on a taxonomy around content is is a challenge in and of itself. But that category isn't how we think of that document. Exactly. So we, we decided to sidestep that issue in this in this system. We said, you know, let's say FDA has one taxonomy and NIH has another taxonomy and we have a third. Let's just find ways and build in ways here that we can map uh, amongst those terms. So, you know, you call it X and we call it Y. When somebody comes to our site and searches for X, we're going to match it back up, and they're going to give it. We can give them our results and your results because we're smart enough to know what those those linkages are. Do you think that the the kind of the kind of work
0: that you're doing is representative of more of a shift towards this approach in in like organizational communications plans
1: i don't know if it's indicative of, of that or not I mean I, I unfortunately just don't know enough about everybody else out there to make make such statements but I will say that if you if you've seen the the, the federal digital uh, digital government strategy um, that, that was released about a year and a half ago I had the great Privilege of, of of serving on on one of the main committees that, that wrote that, and it was it was telling who was there and who was present. Granted, this was driven out of the uh, Steve Van Rokel, the Federal CIO's office, and you had a lot of representation of of the traditional computer systems, you know, the what you would think of of you know, the data managers and people looking at federal systems and things like that but there was a lot of security people there who whose job is is day-to-day information security and there was a lot of communication people in there as well and there was a lot of business people in there trying to figure out how all this is going to work because we didn't approach that digital strategy in a in a silo saying you know we're going to open up all data and everything's just going to be wonderfully cool and we'll go from there we went into it and and Steve Van Roekel gave clear direction on saying, you know, this is not just a theoretical document. This is something we're going to have to institutionalize and uh, operationalize. And so we had clear direction on that. And it was noted then that communication is a part of this. Granted, the open data, open data initiative, is is pushed out of the the CIO's office in most organizations, and especially here, also here in the federal government. And you've got, you know, Todd Park, the federal CTO. I mean, he, I mean, that's really his mantra for a long time is opening and freeing data, and he speaks very eloquently of this. But the other perspective to that is is obviously the communication aspect to it does no good to have great information if you can't get it out there. In terms of high-value data sets for CDC, what's, what's a higher-value data set than what we truly recommend for people to do? I mean, getting those, that information out there, taking this great work that our, our fantastic scientists do and and – Screaming to the world about how great it is, and 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 driving these 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 health decisions that way. So, in a way, yes, it, and it is sort of a break from from the past that communication folks are are getting involved in this. But it's also reflective of how the web has has changed this, and mobile has started to change this. And when you start talking web, and you start talking you know mobile web and stuff, you're you're, you're getting over into the the territory where their communications and communication technologists like that have long experience in it more than your, your classic uh, system architects kind of thing.
0: Is there any advice, um, you know, before we go that you'd, you'd offer to other large organizations that, that find themselves in, in a, a similar position? You know, they, they're about to embark on a let's unify our communication stuff so it can be reused better. Is there any advice you would offer them before they,
1: before they dive in? Evaluate your risks uh, and dive in. (laughs) These problems can be so large, the challenges can be so large, that you can't necessarily have them solved before you you try it. You're going to find things that you just never expected, and no matter how Grand of a, a crystal ball, your business analysts may have. They're not going to be able to forecast all, all future use cases. You know, we've learned over the past five years. When we've, you know, we've hit walls. We've learned, you know, learned the hard way. But every time we we run into something like that, we adapt and go on. So you you have to go in with a, a fairly good understanding of what the risks are, but be willing to take those risks don't let the best be the enemy of the good well
0: thank you very much i appreciate your taking the time and uh good luck on your efforts
1: thank you very much thanks for listening to insert content
0: here if you'd like to catch up on our archives or keep up on our new episodes visit us at lullabot.com slash ideas slash podcasts slash insert content here you can also visit us directly at insertcontenthere.com